Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast. I hope you're ready to be coached in the Word. We're going to come to you um, this evening with uh, the second part of, or the probably will now be the fourth part, rather, of our message entitled 18 Verses and 10 Words That Define the Plan of God for Mankind. We're going to go right into that, but before we do, we want to thank all of those of you that study along with us and download our material off of our podcast. Uh, just this, uh, this week, we have been in California, Illinois, Colorado, and North Carolina. That's a small representation of the total number of states around the country that we have served. Of course, we have been in many foreign countries, and we're always thrilled to see you come in and join us as we study God's Word. I want to remind you that you can contact me at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, and Family Fellowship Chapel's Messaging. We want to welcome those of you again on podcast and those of you that are listening to us on Lift Him Higher Radio. We thank all of you for sharing and studying the Word of God. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or congratulations, please contact us in the ways that we have described. Well, let's go into the service and we'll be back with you at the conclusion. We are coming back to you tonight with God's divine plan in 18 verses and 10 words. I've enjoyed this. It's been a great teaching. Before I go there, though, I want to thank all of those of you at our church today for the very great pastor's appreciation meal. The food was awesome. The desserts were great. Uh, I really, Sharon and I really appreciate it, and the gifts that were given were were absolutely tremendous. We are humbled by your kindness, and we're grateful to be your pastor and wife. Joey and I were talking today, and we're coming up on six years next year in May or June, I believe it was June. Um, that we will have been at Family Fellowship Chapel. And uh, they've been a joyous time. We have enjoyed you. I trust that you have enjoyed us equally. Uh, And uh, we have enjoyed uh, ministering and sharing the Word of God through all of our uh, media as well as our in-sanctuary services. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we look forward to a a thriving future with you. And so uh, with that, we're going to begin the Sunday night post. We're going to welcome all of those of you that will come on with us, not only on Facebook, but come on with us through Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston's podcast that coaches you in the Word. And we're glad to have you, and we're glad to be sharing the Word of God with you. Tonight, we're going to look again into John's ministry and why John was identified uh, so uh, succinctly uh, in the divine plan of God and how that um, has impact and importance on you and I. 
Let's begin with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We ask you to open our eyes that we could see, open our ears that we could hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. Then let us apply it to our life so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Father, we worship you. We thank you. And we surrender ourselves and yield ourselves and sanctify ourselves to the ministry of the word of God. Through the Spirit of God, we ask that you, Jesus, would speak, the Holy Ghost would reveal, we would receive, and then release the very words of Jesus to our people. We give you glory for that and honor in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. John 1. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, tonight I want to look just a bit deeper into John's role in John chapter 1. John uh, was expressing in his role, the eternal side of Jesus Christ that was in him exposed as life. He was filled with the light of the personal side of Jesus. From these two, he completed his calling as the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He bore in common with Jesus these two operations of the Holy Spirit being in him in, in, in the eternal uh, measure and upon him in the personality measure. And these operated in John's inner man. This operation was a spiritual setting upon and a spiritual in that coordinated him with Jesus Christ and that likened his life and ministry to that of Elijah. Now, there are a few likenesses that we need to take note of. I, Christine, uh, Jesus, or John the Baptist, rather, preached repentance, and so did Elijah. Both of them dressed alike. They ate uh, wilderness food in the desert. Both of them fought a false religion. Both of them preached against an evil king. Both of their lives were sought by wicked queens. And both had moments of doubt. So in the process of understanding and living in the divine side of God, in the process of that being expressed in their inner man, the human side of the natural man was active. Now, where John is concerned, that's important. Because you and I bear a natural side. John bore a natural side. He pulled Jesus' side and said, is, that, is it you or should I look for another? He bore a natural side. But yet he had the eternal side. He had the personal side and he had the creative side all designed in him. Because he had them the expression of life, light, and illumination. But he had a natural side. He had a natural man. What a man John was. Why is this important? 
for John to be put in the 18 verses and 10 words that describe the plan of God because man would have to choose to live under the influence of one of two men. He would either live under the influence of the inner man where the Holy Spirit in measure, in the first measure of being in him in the eternal realm and in the second measure of being upon him in the personality of Jesus Christ could live out of him so that he could fulfill his role in an open forum of being a witness unto Jesus Christ. Or John could live in the natural man. John had that opportunity. We'll get into that more. Now watch this. We have had these inner workings in us for our entire life as Christians. And we've been unaware that we, like John, but greater than John, because we have the unction of the Holy Spirit, not only in the measure of being in us and the measure of being upon us, but the measure of him being on us. We have the three measure of the work of the Holy Spirit. We've had it all of our Christian life. Didn't know it. Now maybe you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have never had him sit upon you. But you have had in you or sit on you. You have had him in you and upon you all of your life. Maybe you never knew to look inwardly to locate your answers. Maybe you were unaware that you could be led in life out of your spirit man and live life in the mind of Christ. Maybe you were unaware that it was possible for you to walk in the spirit and make the eternal personal creative Jesus Christ to literally become your life, to light your personality and then to illuminate all of your inner man until the natural side came totally under subjection to the inner man. Maybe we've just been unaware that we were to have followed him on a spiritual journey from our inner man. So John identifies for us the natural man as well as the spiritual man. But greater still, he identifies the natural man who could look inwardly to locate the power and the presence of the man who was in the Godhead. Jesus asked them what they expected to see because they knew the story of Elijah. He could have come as Elijah and been one who was sent on the run. He could have been a weakling, John could have been, who lived in the fearful side of his natural man. Elijah was susceptible to that. Or he could have been a man filled with the eternal personality of Jesus Christ. Did you expect that John would be a runner or a forerunner? is what Jesus is saying to him. The runner would seek to find shelter from the threat of death. The forerunner would stand and deliver the message as it was given to him by divine inspiration. John 
had the operation of both spirits. He had the operation of the natural man. Then he had the operation of the eternal personal creator operating in his inner man. The Elijah that would be manifested, however, would be the one who came in the expression that was expressed out of his inner man. It was an expression of confidence and power. It was an expression that was so great that not only did Jesus call him great, but when Jesus described what he did, he said, John built up such a presence that they pursued his message. They pressed into his message. He could not avoid the crowd when he said that the kingdom was taken by violence and even to this day, what he's referring to is the fact that John brought a message that was so strong John brought a message that was so poignant. John brought a message that was so pointed that when the people heard it, they crushed and pressed just to get to hear what he had to say. And don't you know, that's the exact same thing that happened to Jesus. Now, where did John do this from? Because John, as we have defined, had a natural side. Well, John did this from the properties of the seven spirits of God and from the illumination of the Holy Spirit that allowed him to minister to the people. This would cause many to believe on the Lord who would become their God, who would, become, would come to show them the God of the house of Israel. Because of his supernatural endowments, he would go before Jesus and he would do it in spiritual power. Now watch what this spiritual power would expose. Get this. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 1, we're told that he would use the wisdom of the just. Where did that come from? He would use the wisdom of the just to turn the inner man, the hearts, of the disobedient and to prepare the people to see and know the Lord. Now, watch this now. Because you just saw Luke identify two of the seven spirits of God that were operating out of John. Wisdom and judgment, justice, the fear of the Lord were operating out of John. He was coming to them from the, from the position of exporting from his inner man the personality of Jesus Christ that would show them God and the personality of God. John was exporting a message of repentance that would cause them to come to know the Lord. Great insight, my friends, into the plan of God. John the Baptist exercised the seven spirits of God in wisdom and in expressing the justice or judgment of God. John's message was this, repent. He meant that we would have sincere regret and remorse for the sins that we have committed and that those sins would go into remission, which means the cancellation of debt the dismissal of the charges, 
and the elimination of the penalties of sin, according to Luke chapter 3 and verse 3. Many heard these instructions and believed. Now from where was John bearing witness? All of this was done out of his inner man. Luke tells us he, now watch why we know it. Luke tells us he didn't come using wine or strong drink. What does that mean, Pastor Mike? That mean it means his outer actions didn't identify that his inner man was out of tune with the Spirit of God. He didn't come doing what everybody else was doing. He didn't come trying to fit in. He didn't come going to the place that everybody else was going. He didn't come being a slob. He didn't come into this world to portray that he could be in it, be of it, be around it, live in it, be recognized in it, and still produce the Spirit of God. He didn't come into this world saying, you be you and I'll be me and everybody will be okay. Because Jesus is coming and he loves us all. No, he came not as they were. He was different, friend. Why was he different, Pastor Mike? Because he was operating out of the qualities that was in him. He was operating out of life from the eternal Jesus Christ. Out of light from the personality of Jesus Christ. And then out of the creative Jesus Christ. He was operating out of what was on the inside. Not seeking for satisfaction on the outside. And friend, I'm going to tell you, therein lies the problem with our church world. Our church leadership spends more time worrying about who they can pacify and satisfy so that they can keep dipping in their pocket. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. And we were talking about church and I was actually witnessing to him about the Lord, knowing the Lord and, and, and coming to an inner relationship with Jesus Christ. He said to me, uh, Pastor, I've been to all kinds of churches. I found out one thing about it. He said, the preacher is saying what the people want to hear. He is doing what the people want to do. He is telling them that they can Know God through multiple means. I've heard it. He said, and I've asked the question why, and then it dawned on me. That church is their honey hole. I said, what do you mean? He said, that church is their means to money. That church is their means to wealth. That church is their means to the house over their head. So they're no longer going to say the things that you would say to me about being saved, changed, and transformed. John did not come like that, friend. Our church world has gravitated to the ver to the honey hole. The church has become the honey hole where the money flows and the pastor gets paid. And as long as I get paid, I'll tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear. I'll make you feel awful good about yourself and you can go into your week without me and you can be frustrated, you can struggle, you can wonder where God is, you can be disappointed and discouraged, you can read 15 self-help books from people who are wealthy as wealthy can be and still living in the dregs of life because they're trying to tell you what they're processing themselves and it doesn't work. 
There was a big thing on television the other night about a big uh, superstar who's written a book about his life struggles. Multiple millions will buy the book. What will happen? Well, the outcome will be they'll be in the same condition. They'll be in the same position. Why? Because there's no transformation in that. There's nothing in that's going to transform your inner man. John didn't come preaching a gospel that said it was okay to live like the world. The Bible plainly declares he didn't come using wine or strong drink. That tells me he didn't come living like the world. He didn't come living like those he was supposed to lead to Christ. That tells me that his inner man was in tune with the God of the universe. That what Jesus was accomplishing, what God in his divine plan was about to produce from Jesus Christ to mankind had been produced in John. His outer actions did not identify him with the world. My friend, if I could tell you anything, it would be that if our actions and if our lifestyle manifests itself to look like those that are living the life of an unrighteous individual and living the life of the old man, if I could tell you, that's a life that is not living as a child of Almighty God. Sin, my friend, will always take you further than you want to go. It will always keep you longer than you want to stay. It will always dominate you until you get your inner man taken care of. John came, coordinated his inner man internally with God in the same manner that Jesus Christ was coordinated with God. His role was the bearing of light and the illumination that would be required to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, I want to tell you what you need, what I need, what we all need, inner inventory. We need inner inventory. We need to allow the light of Jesus Christ and the light of the Son of God to shine brightly in our inner man so that we can take his name and cast down the devils that try to build houses, take up rooms, take up occupation in our inner man. John brought the light to illuminate who Jesus was into a dark world. Now we say, yes, but pastor, that was the divine enhancement for John. Pastor, he was called before his conception and through birth for this purpose. So surely, this is a divine process of which we just can't obtain. Because they tell us that don't worry about sin. If you believe, you're okay. Grace is too big, too rich, too real. God loves you. Don't worry about, don't worry about living a holy life. Don't worry about all of that stuff that they tell you about uh, Jesus Christ and his lifestyle and how he lived and what he said about God. Don't worry about that. Just believe. You don't have to worry about making him Lord. Just believe everything's going to be okay. Just believe. Surely, that divine process of growth in the inner man, well, that, that's beyond our ability to obtain. 
Well, I want to tell you, it is a process. But just as sure as it is a process, it is absolutely attainable by the believer. Not only is it absolutely attainable by the believer, it is absolutely essential that the believer gather up and turn his inner man over to the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus and allow the light and the illumination of Jesus Christ to cause your inner man to come to balance with Him. This is the divine plan of God. It was never for you to live out of the intellect. It was never for you to dabble in sin. It was never for you to be led around by sin. The Word of God said, There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But with those temptations, God has made a way of escape. What was that way of escape, Pastor Mike? It is the way of escape through the development of the inner man. John was used in ministry for two reasons. First, there had been no cross. So the means of being used was by the divine intervention of God. That's how it had been done up to that point in the Old Testament. Second, there had been no release of the Holy Spirit with regards to Him being able to save, being able to uh, develop the inner man and being able to baptize with the ministry gifts. There had been no release of that yet. So these things were done in John by the divine endowment and enactment of the plan and will of God. However, he had a natural side and he had a choice to make. The mechanism that John used, that John brought us in the 18 verses would become, now get this, the natural course of events when the catalyst of the cross was used to release the divine plan of God. You see, in the cross, the divine plan of God was released. What do you mean, Pastor? I thought the cross was the place of forgiveness. It was. But it was the place from where the Spirit of God God begin to transact action in the inner man. Because you once were under the bondage of transgression, iniquity, lost peace. Your spirit man was bruised. Your physical man was bruised and wounded. And at the cross, all of that begin to change in the interaction of God with man. And now the Holy Spirit is released to begin to draw you and to begin to, to live in you and to begin to develop your inner man and then to minister to you so that you could be witnesses unto him. This mechanism was released at the cross. It was given to John, all but the ministry gifts were given to John. And the reason John's in these 18 verses is to show us that what God has got for you and me to develop from our inner man will give us the ability to overrun and outlive what is in our natural man. It gave him the ability to do the job that God had sent him to do. My friend, God has sent you to do a job as well in the earth. So John was given life. You're given life. 
His life was to bear witness to a light. You're given a life to bear witness to a light. This light would illuminate man. You're given that light for that same purpose. Now, what we have tried to do is to illuminate the sins in others before we eradicated through the illumination of the Holy Spirit sin in our own lives. We've tried to tell others about Jesus while we maintain sin in our own self. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because we have never understood the development of the inner man. Therefore, we have never cleansed, purged, and refined our inner man. That's what happened at the labor in the temple. They cleansed, purged, and refined the inner man until when they looked in the water, they were totally cleaned and every one of them looked like Jesus Christ. The next thing you know, they could go into the holy place. They could go in there, purged, refined, uh, and uh, cleansed in the inner man to give their worship to God. We've never understood this. We've lived life out of the intellect and we've struggled with the sin nature, never understanding that if we would bring our spirit alongside his spirit, what would happen next is the Holy Spirit would begin to seek God on our behalf until the perfect will of God manifested itself. When the perfect will of God manifested itself, what came out of that? All things. All things did what? They began to work together for good. For what? To those who love the Lord. Where do we love the Lord? Do we love Him in our intellect? We don't love Him in our intellect to keep us from sin. We love Him in our inner man. That's where the new man happened. That's where the one that died for us and made us become the righteousness of God. Not in our head. Not in our hands. In our inner man. This is an inner man life. I've said this before and I'll say it again. This book pertains to a spiritual life, friend. It is not a natural life. It will manifest. This book will manifest itself in the natural life. But it will only come into fruition in the natural when and if it is manifested in the spiritual. Without manifestation on the inside, there will be no manifestation on the outside. So what's happening in our world? We're preaching all grades of trash. We're telling people all grades of untruths, half-truths, and misrepresentation. The Spirit of the Lord has been put on the back burner as if we think that we will determine the time, the moment, and the hour when the Spirit of God will do His work. Therefore, healing has come off of the table about altogether. Therefore, the ministry of the coordination of the Word of God and the Spirit of God is nearly absent from all of our ministries today. Why? Because we have never cultivated, we have never developed, and we have never trained the inner man. We have never put the Word of God in coordination with the inner man. Once those two coordinate, my friend, the Word of God said, Then I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on me. I would that you would prosper and be in health, even then as your soul would prosper. We have an alarm going off 
something is happening here in the area, probably an amber alert, and I apologize for that. All of the divine plan of God unfolded in a man who was not Jesus Christ. I want you to see that. The importance of this statement is that John was the precursor of what a man in Christ Jesus would become after the cross took effect in the earth. It's clear to me that man was meant to have life eternal. It's clear to me that man was meant to experience the seven spirits of God. It is clear to me that man was meant to have the illumination that comes from the filling of the things that are void and without form in his inner man. That's to come from the speaker who was the creator. John was the first to represent mankind's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That, my friend, is the significance of why John is mentioned in God's plan that are represented in 18 verses and 10 words. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I pray that you will bless us. Father, move us. Move us. Take us out of the moment and put us in the movement of the Holy Spirit designing our inner man so that he, Jesus Christ, can operate in us, upon us, and on us so that we can live this life as more than an overcomer and more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I praise you for that and thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. I saw Charles. In well, I hope you enjoyed the word of God today. Uh, 18 verses and 10 words. Study them along with us in John chapter 1. We appreciate you. Contact us, if you will, at the various addresses that we gave you at the beginning of the program. May God richly bless you. Jesus Christ is Lord over everything. As man in the Godhead, he is speaking into the hearts of those who love him as he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Bless you as you find him in his lordship and as you hear him from the throne room of God. God bless you until we speak again.